It's Al Cole from CBS Radio, and I want to tell you about a Renaissance woman who excels at everything she puts her innovative mind to. And you know, I'm going to start it out like this. What would you say if I told you that I was going to introduce you to a lady who is a very successful business entrepreneur and a world-class creative force as a realtor, interior designer, hosts charity golf tournaments for wildlife, and is the cutting-edge author of the stunning Magical Forces Within? Well, Al, I'd say make the introduction, brother. <laughs> I've just been dying to learn some of all of those things from somebody who sounds like a real magnetic lady. <laughs> well... You're in luck because not only can you learn about the fabulous life accomplishments of this woman, whose name happens to be Rhonda Grant, <laughs> but week in and week out, Rhonda will introduce you to some of the most exciting guests on the planet as she hosts her own awesome podcast, The Rhonda Grant Show, on Contact Talk Radio. Week to week, Rhonda skillfully weaves the magical forces within her with the extraordinary discoveries in the sometimes ordinary lives of her guests who blossom before your very eyes through the guidance and know-how of such a skilled and sensitive host as Rhonda Grant. you got to check it out. Check out all the action at RhondaGrantAuthor.com. That's RhondaGrantAuthor.com. Dot com to witness the extraordinary discoveries in otherwise ordinary lives. And I hear some of you asking right now, well, Al, how do you know all this? <laughs> I'll tell you. It's because I weave some of the same magic on my own nationally syndicated show called People of Distinction. It's all about humanity at its best. Every guest with extraordinary things to say about the magical forces within life itself. Get it? So check them out. The Rhonda Grant Show, Extraordinary Discoveries in Ordinary Lives, and People of Distinction, created by me, Al Cole from CBS Radio, now hosted by my amazing son, Benji Cole. You can check out People of Distinction on Apple Music or email me for exciting updates on my music and my books, too, especially Romance for Women on Amazon. Email me at al at alcoholic.com. You heard me right. That's A L at A-L-C-O-L-E-H-O-L-I-C.com. And I really want to thank my CBS radio listeners for coming up with that handle, Alcoholic. <laughs> Seems like from day one, my listeners have been saying, Al, we love what you're doing there, brother. In fact, we're hooked on it. We're Alcoholics. So here we go in classic form with a swing of a golf club as she hosts another charity golf tournament for wildlife and another incomparable Rhonda Grant show. So all together, everybody, here's Rhonda. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Rhonda Grant show right now. And I have a lot of great guests on this show and I have a great guest coming up. If you've been searching for a deeper meaning in your life, go to Amazon and pick up my book, Magical Forces Within. You know, we're all just ordinary people having extraordinary experiences, and we have a fantastic guest on the show today, Miller Browning. Miller is a 17-year-old who came up with a trademarked motto, Do Work That Matters, when he was 11 years old. He was inspired by the hard work he saw his great-grandfather Miller and Uncle Eddie put into their farm. He loved visiting them and helping out and wanted to do something to honor their dedication, patience, and hard work. His great-grandfather has since passed but the farm is still one of his favorite places and an important reminder that working hard to help others is important. 
do work that matters is his way of honoring people that work hard to benefit the lives of others. We're going to find out about his extraordinary experiences. Hi, Miller. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show. Hey, how are you doing? Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. We're going to have some fun. Yes, ma'am. So right out of the gate, I'm curious to know if you realized when you came up with your model that it could grow into a movement. Uh, I had absolutely no idea. When I started it, I just made a t-shirt that had a tractor on it and it said do work that matters. And my plan was to give it to my grandfather my, or my great grandfather and my uncle Eddie. And like a year later, I think I started thinking about my other grandparents and like starting to make them shirts. And then I was like, well, you know, I can make this into a big thing and sell shirts to a lot of people. So in the beginning, I had no idea what it could be. Yes. And so you had, uh, you made the shirts and you would gift it to them for like their uh, birthday or Christmas or something like that? Not necessarily a no? special occasion, but I would just make it for them on some website and then bring it to them whenever I got the chance. Awesome. And what was their response to it? Oh, they loved it. They, they were super supportive about it and they really liked it. And they really supportive when I decided that I could turn this into, you know, something bigger and spread it even farther. Well, yes, it's great encouragement, isn't it? Yes. So tell us, uh, what are some of the themes that you have on your t-shirts? Like, how has it grown from gifting uh, your grandparents and other people in the family to branching out into other uh, people who do different things that do other work that matters. So, so what, what kind types of themes are on your t-shirts today? Um, I have police firefighters. I have a Christian t-shirt. Um, I have animal rescue. I have a teacher t-shirt. I have, I have many more, you know, all the armed services. I have two trademark. Um, I couldn't get the other ones, but I have the, uh, Air Force, I have Space Force, and uh, the Coast Guard trademark. And so, what do you mean by that? That they allowed you to use their? Yes, I was allowed to use the official logo. Wow. Yes, that was that was a difficult task to get. That's incredible. Did you have to know somebody on the inside, or did you have to search this out yourself? I uh, I researched a lot, and we there were a lot of letters sent trying to get it done, you know, telling them what we're doing and what we wanted to do. And it was, it was a process to get it done. It took a long time. Mm -hmm. So what's a long time, a year? Uh, Yeah, probably a year. A year Mm -hmm. to do that. Um, So uh, what are the other types of groups of people that you want to produce a tea for? Like, do you wait until somebody reaches out to you and say, what about um, my profession? Well, Uh, We're a small company, so we can't do everything that people ask us for. We get a lot of messages, people saying, what about this? What about that? And we can't necessarily make all the shirts. We're doing what we can with what we have since it's, you know, me and my parents doing this. And there are a lot of like, you know, like what about music teacher and truckers and everything like that? And we definitely want to do that in the future, but we're just, it's just taking some time to work towards that yeah to develop it and um 
and 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 that certainly does take time for sure yes so who is helping you with this like when um to get it kick-started who was helping you with this uh my mom and dad my mom was a really big supporter my dad was also a big supporter those are the two people that are really helping me you know run everything and take care of things Okay, that's awesome. And so do you support any fundraising activities in your local community? Yeah, we, we do a lot of things, um, everything we can do to help out. Uh, one of the bigger things we do is we'll go to, you know, police stations and fire stations and bring them shirts and pizza, but we'll also donate to local charities. And, um, you know, like one example is a firefighter needed uh, hearing aids to complete her training and we donated to get her her hearing aids so she could become a firefighter, things like that. We like to do a lot. Wow. So it's not just about the t-shirt, is it? No, it's not. And we'll go to, you know, local food banks and donate water and food and uh, just try and help out in the community as much as we can. So, yeah, so this is much bigger than uh, uh, selling t-shirts for people who do work that matters is you are walking the talk when you're showing up and you're helping people in your, in, I, I expect it's in your own community. Yes, ma'am. And surrounding communities. And yeah, definitely. It's not at all about, you know, selling t-shirts. It's about spreading the message and um, trying to honor these people that are everyday heroes that don't get the recognition they deserve in my eyes. Well, that is just fa- everybody, you know, they want food fast. They want money fast and everything instant, but you know, that's not how it works. You got to put time and effort into it and for the end result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. A lot of, mm-hmm, a lot of people don't realize uh, how much work it takes to uh, launch a product and launching a product doesn't mean instant success. Right. Uh, it takes a long, long time. I know that there's uh, there's a, thing on youtube uh about two brothers who started a t-shirt uh, business and i'll send you the link i i can't remember the name of it but they worked for a very very long time and they couldn't sell any uh they were in new york um on the streets of new york city and they're trying to sell their t-shirts and uh, people just walk by them and they just tweaked it just a little bit um and something like uh, miller says do work that matters, something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. And it, it tweaked uh, it enough uh, that they're a multi-million dollar company now. Sometimes that's all it takes is just, you know, you just hit that one spot and there it goes. It takes off. Yeah. Or you get somebody famous to wear your t-shirts as well. That too. Right. Because that's the best advertising is people seeing it and then asking, I mean, how many times do people say, where did you get those jeans or where did you get that top? You know what I mean? For sure. That, Especially, that's, sorry. That could definitely be a big impact. If you get somebody very well known to wear something, everybody will be asking what that is. Hmm. So do you feel that you've been called to do this or that you've been guided yes ma'am can you go ahead most definitely um i think you know i'm doing this for a reason something told me to do this something deep in me was like you know do this you know like i i can't really explain it too well i guess i guess it's more of a feeling than anything is like 
the the want and the need to do something and do something greater than you know just sit at home playing video games all day you know get up and do something to make a difference in the world Mm-hmm. because then video games eat up a lot of your time yes and so you've traded that uh for following your intuition and your hunch yes. and um and and that's exactly what being called or being guided is uh that you just have a feeling that you need to be doing something and and you find a way to do it yes something something greater than what i've been doing you know just uh, some one day was just like, you know, like, come on, you know, you got great ideas, do something with them. And do, what do you do? Do you write, uh, do you write things down? Like, do you, do you get a lot of different types of ideas? I usually just keep things in my head and it, it just sticks with me. I don't really lose it like that. If it, if it's strong enough, then it'll stay. Mm-hmm. And it seems like this is sort of bigger than you. And that's what's kind of, in, that's neat, right? Yes. It just ends up taking on its own personality. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. And so what extraordinary discovery have you found in your life? Um, I found that there, you know, there's obviously a lot of bad people in the world, but there's a lot of great people in the world that you don't necessarily know of just everyday people that are going out of their way to make other people's lives better in some way, shape or form, you know, they sacrifice their time and energy um, and their comforts to make sure other people are taken care of. And most people don't realize the impact that, that they have on people's lives. You know, they don't, a lot of stuff that people don't see. They're just everyday heroes to me. You know, I'm not talking about just firefighters and police and, anything like that it, it could be anybody who you know makes your life better and goes out of their way to help you that's awesome and who are your heroes um definitely my great-grandfather and my uncle eddie and you know my other grandparents were, that were in the military they're definitely me my heroes i look up to them very much mm-hmm. and my father and your father. And they've left, uh, your granddad has left uh, behind quite a legacy, hasn't he? Yes, he definitely has. Mm-hmm. What type of person was he? Um, he was a get up at sunrise and don't quit work until sunset. You know, he worked until it was too dark to see. And he's a family man. You know, he really uh, loved my grandmother and his grandkids and everybody. And he was super fun to be around he was always joking and laughing and just great to hang out with he was a great guy mm-hmm. and uh, did he have any advice for you uh, I think I was a little too young to get the wisdom just yet okay but you got to see him work hard and you got and um, you got to know his spirit and, and, and what, what he was about, right? That's definitely, I, I definitely could see that and recognize that. Mm-hmm. And what about your uncle Eddie? He's still, he's still working the farm. I just, um, I just went up there a little bit ago and saw him and everything's doing good up there. And yeah, he's great. He's a, uh, same way my grandfather was my great grandfather and I really enjoy spending a lot of time with him on the farm he's he's good he's got a lot of a lot of good wisdom to pass on to me about you know just everything in life 
business and, you know, friends and just the way I do things. He's got a good outlook on life for sure. Oh, good. And you get a good education that way for sure. So other than um, school and apprenticing right now and your uh, motto with do work that matters uh, that you have a, you have a running a small business there, aren't you? What else do you do with your life? What do you like to do to have fun? Uh, I really like to ride dirt bikes. I spent a lot of time racing and on the dirt bike track and I've since kind of hung the boots up, but uh, when I can, I like to go ride dirt bikes. I really enjoy that. And so tell me about that. Uh, do you, uh, when you're racing them, are you racing against other people or what, what, what's that all, all about? Yes, ma'am. Uh, I, you know, it'd be big races and I, I'd travel all over the place from, you know, Florida to Pennsylvania, Tennessee, and everywhere in between to go to different races. And, you know, I do a lot of local races, and you know, regionals and stuff. And me and my dad got to spend a lot of good quality time traveling together. And we had a, a little van, uh, the moto van we drove across and we'd stay in hotels and it was, it was a good time, but I just kind of got a little burnt out. So I, so, uh, that's incredible so going back to your granddad and your uncle did they work the fields for crops or did they do animal husbandry or both um well they have sheep but their main thing is you know corn soybeans alfalfa they had a big pumpkin patch every year yeah so do you are you do you apprentice with that like i'm i have an apprenticeship Okay. So I, uh, I work a couple days a week, um, in between doing that matter stuff, doing an apprenticeship with a, with an electrician. And that's, that's been fun. I've enjoyed that, but, um, it's been a lot balancing that between doing that matters too. Also. Mm -hmm. It's, so. it's yeah. And so you spend time Well, you, I mean, you're, you're a teenager, it's a summertime, right? So yes. you don't want to work the whole time. You do want to have some, some time off as well. Yeah. I get, I get my fun in when I can. Yeah. So to my knowledge, they're not really teaching courses on in entrepreneurship in high school. So how do you find, where do you think you picked up this type of entrepreneurship? Was it from your parents or from your grandparents? Definitely my parents and just you know, family, friends, and uh, family that I've been surrounded by. My brother has definitely been an influence on me. You know, he uh, started a Chick-fil-A and is now a owner of one. And it just kind of jump-started me to get thinking. Not necessarily yeah. thinking for like money-wise, but definitely to start something. Uh-huh. That's awesome. So he started a Chick-fil-A franchise. Yes, ma'am. And is, is he the one that's in Virginia? Uh, he is not. No. Where's, where's, what state's he in? He's in Chicago. Okay. Illinois. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Well, that's wonderful. So he, yeah. And so your parents are entrepreneurs? Uh, my mom is a food stylist and my dad is a furniture photographer. Okay, so you come by it honestly. Yes, they are really? freelance and and that. 
So, mm-hmm. so what I found is that, you know, the, um, the schools are not teaching entrepreneurship. And I find that uh, children who grow up in a family where mom, dad, or both are entrepreneurs is they learn that way of life and they, they prefer it. Uh, I mean, you could start out um, doing a nine to five job and a lot of people do that, but there's almost something that calls you to uh, develop your own way. And I think it's awesome because that's what happened with my kids is they, they grew up with entrepreneur parents and uh, they are entrepreneurs. Yeah. I mean, I just, some people just can't sit behind a desk like that um, all day long. They want to get out and do something or make a difference in the world and do something that makes them feel, you know, meaningful. Mm -hmm. It's almost like something's uh, calling them to do that or calling you to do that. For sure. Definitely is. So you're listening to the Rhonda Grant show right now with my guest, Miller Browning. How many people buy your shirts? Um, I what is your website? My website is dowork.thatmatters.us. And what about, thank you. And what about your uh, social media? Do you have a Facebook page, a business Facebook page for it? Yes, I have uh, Facebook is at Do Work That Matters. Instagram is also at Do Work That Matters. And then my LinkedIn is at Miller Browning. This podcast has received digital audio health by Symatrex. I commend you for activating your genius. Um, You know, ideas take a long time to develop. And with um, our world, we want everything sort of immediate you know we want to see uh, we want to see you know a thousand followers on our instagrams immediately and sometimes uh, well most of the times that doesn't happen unless you are high profile and so you have to work at it right yes ma'am a lot of work goes into starting anything and it you know it takes a long time to get the ball rolling and it's hard not to give up but you just got to persevere through it and the end result is definitely worth it mm-hmm. but yeah oh sorry go ahead like you said you know um nobody has any patience nowadays everybody you know they want food fast they want money fast and everything instant but you know that's not how it works you gotta put time and effort into it and for the end result Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. a lot of mm-hmm, a lot of people don't realize uh, how much work it takes to uh, launch a product, and launching a product doesn't mean instant success. Right. Uh, it takes a long, long time. I know that there's uh, there's a thing on YouTube uh, about two brothers who started a t-shirt uh, business, and I'll send you the link. I I can't remember the name of it, but they worked for a very, very long time. And they couldn't sell any. Uh, they were in New York, um, on the streets of New York City, and they're trying to sell their T-shirts, and uh, people just walk by them. And they just tweaked it just a little bit. Um, and something like uh, Miller says, do work that matters. Something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. And it, it tweaked uh, it enough uh, that they're a multimillion-dollar company now. 
sometimes that's all it takes is just, you know, you just hit that one spot and there it goes. It takes off. Yeah. Or you get somebody famous to wear your t-shirts as well. That too. Right. Because that's the best advertising is people seeing it and then asking, I mean, how many times people say, where did you get those jeans or where did you get that top? You know what I mean? For sure. Especially. Sorry. That could definitely be a big impact. If you get somebody very well known to wear something, everybody will be asking what that is. Mm -hmm. So do you feel that you've been called to do this or that you've been guided? Yes, ma'am. Can you elaborate? Go ahead. Most definitely. Um, I think, you know, I'm doing this for a reason. Something told me to do this. Something deep in me was like, you know, do this. You know, like I, I can't really explain it too well, I guess. I guess it's more of a feeling than anything is like the the want and the need to do something and do something greater than, you know, just sitting at home playing video games all day. You know, get up and do something to make a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Because then video games eat up a lot of your time. Yes. And so you've traded that uh, for following your intuition and your hunch, yes. and um, and and that's exactly what being called or being guided is. Uh, that you just have a feeling that you need to be doing something, and and you find a way to do it. Yes. Something something greater than what I've been doing. You know. Just. Uh, some one day was just like, you know, like, come on, you know, you got great ideas, do something with them. And do, what do you do? Do you write, uh, do you write things down? Like, do you, do you get a lot of different types of ideas? I usually just keep things in my head and it, it just sticks with me. I don't really lose it like that. If it, if it's strong enough, then it'll stay. Mm-hmm. And it seems like this is sort of bigger than you. And that's what's kind of, in, that's neat, right? Yes. It just ends up taking on its own personality. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. And so what extraordinary discovery have you found in your life? Um, I found that there, you know, there's obviously a lot of bad people in the world, but there's a lot of great people in the world that you don't necessarily know of just everyday people that are going out of their way to make other people's lives better in some way, shape or form, you know, they sacrifice their time and energy um, and their comforts to make sure other people are taken care of. And most people don't realize the impact that, that they have on people's lives. You know, they don't, a lot of stuff that people don't see. They're just everyday heroes to me. You know, I'm not talking about just firefighters and police and, anything like that it, it could be anybody who you know makes your life better and goes out of their way to help you that's awesome and who are your heroes um definitely my great-grandfather and my uncle eddie and you know my other grandparents were, that were in the military they're definitely me my heroes i look up to them very much mm-hmm. and my father and your father. And they've left, uh, your granddad has left uh, behind quite a legacy, hasn't he? Yes, he definitely has. Mm-hmm. What type of person was he? Um, he was a get up at sunrise and don't quit working until sunset. You know, he worked until it was too dark to see and 
he was a family man, you know, he really uh, loved my grandmother and his grandkids and everybody. And he was super fun to be around. He was always joking and laughing and just great to hang out with. He was a great guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, did he have any advice for you? Uh, I think I was a little too young to get the wisdom just yet. Okay. But you got to see him work hard and you got, and um, you got to know his spirit and, and, and what, what he was about. Right. That's definitely, I, I definitely could see that and recognize that. Mm-hmm. And what about your uncle Eddie? He's still, he's still working the farm. I just, um, I just went up there a little bit ago and saw him and everything's doing good up there. And yeah, he's great. He's a, uh, same way my grandfather was, my great grandfather, and I really enjoy spending a lot of time with him on the farm. He's he's good. He's got a lot of a lot of good wisdom to pass on to me about you know just everything in life, business and you know friends and just the way I do things. He's got a good outlook on life for sure. Oh, good. And you get a good education that way for sure. So other than um, school and apprenticing right now and your uh, motto with do work that matters uh, that you have a you have a, running a small business there aren't you what else do you do with your life what do you like to do to have fun uh, I really like to ride dirt bikes I spent a lot of time racing and on the dirt bike track and I've since kind of hung the boots up but uh, when I can I like to go ride dirt bikes I really enjoy that and so tell me about that. Uh, do you, uh, when you're racing them, are you racing against other people or what, what, what's that all, all about? Yes, ma'am. Uh, I, you know, it'd be big races and I, I'd travel all over the place from, you know, Florida to Pennsylvania, Tennessee, and everywhere in between to go to different races. And, you know, I do a lot of local races, and you know, regionals and stuff. And me and my dad got to spend a lot of good quality time traveling together. And we had a a little van, uh, the moto van, we drove across and we'd stay in hotels and it was, it was a good time, but I just kind of got a little burnt out. So I quit racing. So, yeah. So you're a competitive national athlete then? Uh, I don't think I would go nationally, but. No. <laughs> but if you're I'm traveling, out. if you're traveling to all the different um, uh, states and competing, is it like, is it that type of thing? Is it like Eastern Conference, Western Conference or anything like that? Or what, what's it like there? Yes, ma'am. Um, most of the traveling was, it's a thing called Loretta Lens. It was a big, it was the biggest amateur national in the world for the amateur riders. And um, you would go to uh, area qualifiers, yeah. there would be local races. And if you got top eight in the area qualifier, then you moved on to regionals. If you got top six at regionals, you got to go to Loretta's. It was, uh, it would take 40 riders for each class. And I, I tried four times to go to Loretta's and uh, every year I would get great results. I'd be perfect to, you know, go to Loretta's. And then the second to last moto or the last moto, there would be a crash or some unfortunate event. Last year, I think I went uh, fourth place. I was sitting fourth place overall in 250C limited and last moto. I was coming in the first corner after the gate drop and some kid 
you know, kind of took me out and made a big old pile up. So, oh, boy. yeah. After that kind of happened, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm over this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh. over this. Well, you have to protect yourself and your, <laughs> your life. Oh, what, yeah. What's, what do you mean when you say last moto? What does that mean? Well, um, usually there's, it's a two moto format. Uh, you have a first moto and then uh, you have a second moto and then they combine those results to get your final result. And then when you go to area qualifiers, there's three races there. And then at the regionals, you might have a qualifier to actually get into the race because there's so many people there. Yes, that's right. To, to get it. down. And then um, it's a three moto format there as well. So say if you go, you get second place, second place, and then you get like, you know, 15th place, it'll drop you way back and you won't make it in. Or depending on how everybody else scores, you might still get, you know, top five or so. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how they judge it. Yeah. But what does moto mean? Uh, when I say like motos, I mean mm-hmm. ra- races, like race oh. one, race two. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's what I call. That's what right. I call Moto One and Moto Two. That's not necessarily like a class or anything. It's just like the actual race itself. But like the classes will be like like 250A is the as the top guys, and then 250B, 250C, and then they got like 450, 125CC. That's the the engine CCs. Okay. And then like it's the engine CC, and then the class like kind of gauging on how fast you are. Right. So how fast are these? How fast did, did your bike go? Um, they don't have speedometers on them. It's, it's, it's dirt track racing, you know, oh, jumps okay. and stuff, motocross. Oh, right, right. Okay. So I, I don't, I can, they'd probably go about 60 miles an hour. Ooh, if I that's had fast. Yeah. But I'd never hit that on a, on a track or so you probably hit, you know, 45, close to 50 sometimes on the track. Uh-huh. And, um, other than coming off the dirt, off the track, you know, very dirty and dusty and stuff like that. <laughs> what type of injuries did you suffer doing this? Luckily, my years of racing left me pretty unscathed. I broke an elbow and I had internal bleeding. Yikes. Not at the same time, luckily. No. <laughs> <laughs> but two separate occasions. And other than that, I had very minor injuries. I, I, I had more crashes in corners than big big crashes over jumps or anything. So I, I came out fairly lucky. Okay. And, and when you go, I've, I've seen this and, and you go over those jumps and <laughs> some, some of you, you, you turn your, your, um, the handlebars on, on the bike. Yes. Is that to, is that a type of balance thing or you just kind of, uh, just that's, having fun or that's called a it's either a whip or a scrub a whip is more when you get a little more air and you throw the bike sideways it's more of a looks thing a scrub is when you come off the face of the jump and you lay the bike over to actually keep it lower so you can get on the ground faster um whether it be like a single jump where you just kind of roll over it and you scrub it so you can get on the ground faster or a tabletop or a double you kind of come off of it and you just kind of throw the bike sideways off the lip and it and it keeps you you know, a little lower so you can get on the ground faster. It's just, it's more of a, okay. yeah, kind of a strategy, but, and then a whip, you know, you go off the jump and you throw a little sideways and it just, it just looks cooler. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I like watching it. Yeah. So where do you pra- like, do you live in a place where you could practice this? Like, where did you have to go to practice in order to get good enough to compete? I think the closest track is I have two tracks very close to me 45 minutes away. It's not bad during the week after school, I'd go ride and during the summertime, I'd actually go and stay um, up at Lake Sugar Tree MX Park and train with Ryan Smith and Gary Bailey. And I'd stay up there some weekends and sometimes during the week and uh, train full time with them, trying to get ready for the races. Mm-hmm. And so did you have a, a trainer where you lived or did you have to wait until uh, the summertime where you could go and, and do some uh, some mean training? <laughs> right. no, I, I had the two good trainers uh just 45 minutes away um gary bailey is a very famous trainer he was the first one to go over and beat the europeans uh racing and he trained a lot of the top professionals and you know big names in the sport still today so i was very fortunate to be able to work with him and you know gain his knowledge and wisdom about the bike it was it was definitely an experience to get to do a lot of training with him he's very good mm-hmm. at, at what he does well i've heard that name and i'm not really into that type of stuff but <laughs> i heard that name just because i i do like sports i'm not really you know a person to watch um football and stuff like that unless it's the finals right but i do i do i have interest in in a bunch of different sports so tell me about the bike like what would a bike that you are competing with what does that run a person if like i'm just thinking if there's some people out there listening right now thinking i kind of like to get into that i wonder how i can get into that and how much it's going to cost it is quite the expensive sport it It is yeah it's definitely not a cheap sport to get into there I know plenty of families that just put every last dollar just to get their kids out there on the track just to go racing and you know and they're willing to sacrifice everything to get their kid out there and it's 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 very nice but uh you know bike depending on if you buy brand new upwards of eight thousand dollars but you know you can get you know two thousand and two thousand dollar bikes and whatnot and then you know boots helmet 200 200 for the boots 400 for helmet you want to have a good helmet yes chest protector neck brace gloves gear but Uh you know it's it's quite an expensive sport for sure yeah and so when you have crashes like you've talked about a couple of crashes in a corner um are the bikes fixable or can you actually wreck one uh, you really have to mess one up for it to be done. Okay. But most of the time, you you know, you bend some handlebars, you break a lever, you know, some minor plastics, maybe you break some spokes on a wheel, but, you know, definitely nothing that's not fixable. And same with motors. I've, I've blown up my fair share of motors riding. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's not, it's not too bad. Uh, I learned to do a lot of the maintenance myself and me and my dad learned a lot of that. So, you know, we could, he get into it pretty good and fix them up. Well, that's handy. If yes. you can fix your own scars, it is happening when yeah, you're out it, there. Most definitely. Cause it's, it's needed, you know, when you're at the track and you break something, but you know, you got some spare parts in the van and you got some tools, you can break it down and get it ready for the next race. Yeah. Because you're, you're out of the game if you can't fix something. Yes, for sure. And you know, there's local track support at most of the races, but 
you know, you know, they usually don't have what you need and yeah, it's, it's rare. It never worked out for me anyways. I'm sure there's some kid out there that at every race, if you broke something, that person at the track had every, every last part he ever needed. Yeah. But it's not for but me. No, you're showing up with extra motors and, uh, and handlebars and stuff like that. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> and extra levers. <laughs> yeah. If I, if I blew the motor, I was going home. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Until next time. Until yes. next time. Oh, yeah. until next time. There's been a couple of times I've blown the motor. And I was the last time I was in first place. Oh, shoot. I'm coming down straight away. I'm probably like five feet from the finish line and just, Oh, you're kidding. Like, Dang, I get off. I'm pushing that thing <laughs> trying to <laughs> get to the finish line. <laughs> wow. So I guess you've got a lot of medals hanging in your house. Uh, all the stuff that you've done. Yeah, they've they've been quite the burden to find a place for. <laughs> They're kind oh. of uh, on my uh, my cabinets that house my Dewart that matters clothing are just the tops of them are covered in the trophies i don't know oh, where to put them all yes well that's a that's really nice hardware to have yes, um, because um you know it just shows uh, your dedication um to life itself actually because when you are in a competitive sport uh you learn a lot about yourself you learn a lot about how far you can push yourself and it's uh, a lot of it's mental isn't it a hundred percent that it's more mental than physical if anything for me especially in motocross and you know I really I didn't really like the team sports I tried soccer yeah and it I did not like the team sports I liked when it was you know it was on me I if I put the work in I got the results yes it's it's just me and the bike out there on the track you know if I do good then I'm good if I had a bad day you know it was on me it wasn't on anybody else to fall back onto and uh, i it was definitely a big mental battle out on the track. You can, you can talk yourself out of a, out of a win for sure. And you can talk yourself into a win for sure. Um, exactly. You know, and, and a lot of things like, like you'll be out there, you'll, you know, you can hurt yourself. You can forget to breathe when you're out there riding and I know just forget to do everything right. So, but if you're on, if you're in good mental state, then you can really go as fast as fast as you want, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's amazing that you know that at 17 years of age, you already know how far you can push yourself. You already know that it's your mindset that creates your reality. It definitely is. Mm-hmm. There's and been many times that I have gone way above and beyond what I thought was ever possible for myself. And it was very eye opening. Yes, I know. It's, it's an extraordinary. And there are people that love um, team sports, uh, but there's uh, other people who they, they want that individual uh, experience. Yes. And, uh, and uh, that's what you've done. Well, I think that's just incredible. I just see a beautiful and bright and directed future for you because um you know, for 17 years of age, I, I know I keep saying that, but you've got so much together. Um, you're not a typical, to me, you're not a typical teenager um, who um, is uh, sitting home and playing. I mean, you probably like playing video games just like any other teenager, but I you don't, don't play make any video games. You don't even play <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I so don't play th- video games. Yeah. So there you are. I mean, there's people that are, are doing that and they're doing that with their summers and you did not do that with your summers. And, and I mean, you had the support behind you to, uh, to 
I mean, there's lots of different individual sports that you don't have to put the amount of money that you put into uh, what you're doing, but uh, you have the support, you have family that stand behind you. And if you're good at something and want to do it, uh, they're there cheering you on. And there's a lot to be said for that. eh? Oh, for sure. And I I think, uh, you know, a big thing for our generation and, you know, future generations, like don't spend your summer, you know, sitting around all day, you know, go, go do something, go make something happen. You know, uh, I think it, it'll build a better foundation for, you know, for our country and building forward. Cause if we got a bunch of kids that are, you know, ambitious and, you know, want to get after something and build something, you know, then that's, it's awesome. It'd be, be great. It, it is. But uh, a lot of, a lot of people subscribe to mediocrity and 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 children do as well and it's and so i mean that's a wonderful message that you just uh, sent out there to our listeners uh what you said and i really commend you and as i said before activating your genius um at such a young uh age uh, a lot of people uh spend their whole life not knowing how to activate their genius so uh congratulations to you thank you uh, thank you so much for being on my show. I've really enjoyed it. And I'm glad that we explored uh, your bike riding because that was certainly fun. Yes, I, I've talked about that in a long time. I really appreciated that. <laughs> yeah, well, it was fun. I knew we we're going to have fun. I just had to find where that fun was going to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. Oh, good. This theme song uh, coming up for the Rhonda Grant show is Sun on the Water. It's composed and performed by my friend, John Park Wheeler. This is Rhonda Grant with the Rhonda Grant show, author of Magical Forces Within, Extraordinary Discoveries in an Ordinary Life, inviting you to look for the magical forces within yourself today and every day, just like Miller is doing. Thanks for tuning in to the Rhonda Grant show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you would like to find out more information about Rhonda and her upcoming guests and the work that she does, go to her website, rondagrantauthor.com. That's rondagrantauthor.com. 